Today, I wanted to share uh, a vision day, as you heard, love God, love people. And before I kind of get in, Matthew 22 is where we'll be today. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, um, and that's where we'll be all day today. So if you want to turn to Matthew 22, but um, sorry, I lied to you. Matthew, yeah, Matthew 22. Um, and that's what will be in Scripture. But before I do, I wanted to share, if you're new with us, uh, our church started in the 90s. Do you remember that, the 90s? Way back, you know, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, that time frame. Way back there, right? And so uh, that's when we started, is in the 90s. And uh, uh, so I didn't actually found the church. I, I, I've been on staff with Westridge for a long time. I actually was the youth pastor here. I started, I got called into ministry and started leading with the youth. Um, but I, was, I actually got saved in this church. And so if you're new with us, I, some of you know this story, but I wanted to share if you're new with us. I got saved in this church. Uh, my wife and I were looking for the wave pool, and we found Westridge. I don't know how that happened. But, but we came, and I remember, I'll always remember this, the first time I came in the door, uh, is that I was met by somebody, his name was Doug. I couldn't remember his last name, but the elders refreshed me uh, this week, Doug Troutman. And so anybody remember Doug Troutman? Uh, so Doug, uh, Doug met me, and this was years ago. He's no longer here with us, but uh, he, I, I remember coming in, and I would sit in the back because uh, you know how it is when you're new. And if you're new today, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm with you. I'm right there with you, right? I was new. I would like to sit in the back so that way I could sneak out, you know, uh, those kind of things. But uh, I sat in the back. But Doug met me at the door. And Westridge didn't always look like this. Uh, so, you know, if you're new, uh, you know, this is beautiful. This is the way, what God has done is truly miraculous to our building. Uh, and we did this a few years ago. God told us to renew our building. And this is when we had a very few people when I came back. But God said, renew your building and I'm going to, it's going to be a, a symbol of what I'm going to do in people. And so it's pretty cool. But when I came, uh, Westridge was, uh, this, this was actually a warehouse. Uh, this, what you're sitting in right now was the loading dock for a, uh, for a fire suppression warehouse. And so uh, actually right here were the, were the doors. And so if you actually go outside, you can see where the brick color is different. But that's where the doors were and the trucks would back up and they'd load it full of supplies and then they'd take off. And so uh, that's how we began many years ago. In fact, we were planted by Northway uh, in the 90s. Uh, Pastor Jay had, had wanted to, actually Pastor Tom had a vision. Uh, God really showed him that he wanted to plant a church in the west of Pittsburgh. And so he was the youth pastor at North, Northway at the time. And he had told Pastor Jay, hey, I, I really have this burden to, to plant a church. And they went through a process. And, and Northway said, yes, we'll plant you. We'll, we'll, we'll plant you as a sister or a daughter church of Northway. And we'll plant you in the west. So that's how we got started. In fact, we didn't have this building when we started. Like every church, we started meeting in hotels and, and schools uh, or whatever you could scrounge up that week to muster to, to meet, right? Because sometimes the hotel wouldn't have space and you'd have to quickly find somewhere to, and you have to let the church know where you're going to be. Uh, that's how we started. And then miraculously, there was like 20, I believe it was 20 or 30 miracles that happened to, to get this building uh, and what God did to make this happen. So God has been uh, heavy-handed on this church for many, many years. I've, I just love seeing all the miracles uh, that have happened. Uh, so that's kind of our story. But Pastor Tom, he was our founding pastor, and uh, he's still part of the uh, of our church today. Not so much, uh, you know, as far as an authority over our church, but he's part of my accountability board. I have four guys that I meet with on a regular basis that uh, that hold me accountable. That really, uh, for me as a pastor, I, I need a place where I can be transparent and open and share. And I need some guys to speak into my life. And I need some guys to slap me around when I'm not thinking straight. Right. So these are these are my guys. And Tom has been a phenomenal friend, and uh, he's actually. Uh, it was in his ministry, uh, actually, Jesus is the one that saved me, but I remember as I was sitting here in the back that God was speaking to me, uh, and I remember sitting in those seats, and I remember the first time, uh, uh, I'll go back to Doug in a second, but I remember coming the first time and seeing people worship, and that was so um, 
awkward and weird to me that people were lifting their hands and singing and, and happy. Uh, that was just so foreign to me, and it was weird and kind of awkward at the same time. And Jen didn't come from this kind of a church. She came from, you know, one of those churches where you, you don't, and hymns, no, no drums, no instruments, none of that. Uh, so she kind of came from that kind of environment. So Westridge was totally outside of our comfort zone. And so it was strange for us and weird for us. So if you're new, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just helping you out. I'm just being real. I'm just, maybe I'm identifying with you a little bit. But I can tell you this, even though it was strange and awkward to me, there was something I liked about it. And I couldn't tell you then what I liked about it. I can tell you today, it was, it was me seeing Jesus through the people here. And it really ministered to me. It was actually, there was something about, uh, you know, coming each week. I mean, we kept coming back and we kept coming back. And, uh, and I, again, then I couldn't tell you why we kept coming back. But there was, some, God was speaking to me directly every single week. And it didn't, whether it was through somebody I met or through the message or through worship, I, I couldn't tell you honestly what, what Pastor Tom spoke that week. I couldn't tell you what the worship set was. What I can tell you is there's a man named Doug that met me at the door that day. And Westridge used to, used to walk in and have to do a U, and you, like you needed a map to find the sanctuary. It was just really a weird, choppy layout, if you remember, those of you that have been with us for a while. Uh, or if you came in from this door, this door is still the same door, you would actually walk into the lobby, but it wasn't like, wow, this lobby is beautiful like it is today. It was like you walked into a small hallway that had some cookies and drinks, right? Um, but I, it wasn't about any of those things for me. It was really about this guy that named Doug that, that caught me at the door. He knew I was new. You know, he knew I didn't know where I was going, and he showed me around and took me around and introduced me to a few people. Uh, and uh, we came into the sanctuary, and uh, he said, yeah, you can come sit with me. And he said, where? And I said, well, sure, where are you sitting? He said, way up there. And I said, no, no, I'm good back here. I'll just stay right here. <laughs> and uh, so I sat down, and, and, and he, he moved him and his family back and sat with me, which was, I always remember that. He, came, he, knew, he knew it was a little awkward for me, and he knew I wasn't churched and didn't know Jesus. And so he came and sat with me. And then afterwards, and I was in my 20s then, uh, and uh, afterwards he said, hey, I want to take you to lunch. And I thought, you know, and maybe you're like, well, that's, I, I, that was like, well, that's weird, but okay. Because, you know, I was a little broke. I'm in my 20s. I wasn't, I wasn't where I am today. So, you know, free lunch, I'm on. All right, let's go to lunch. Uh, but I always, here's what I remember. I remember seeing people that love Jesus. Uh, you know, today I can tell you. I, I couldn't tell you then that's what I saw. But I saw people that love Jesus, and I, I saw someone named Doug that loved me in that moment and gave up his, where he would sit and gave up, you know, worshiping with his family to come and sit with me and to, to make, make a call and to take, take me to lunch. Some guy he doesn't know. He didn't know if I was like some serial killer or something. You know, he just, he took me to lunch. And, and I'll tell you, uh, that changed me. It's something I'll always remember, how, how much this church, the people here loved God, and how much they love people, and, you know, at that moment, I couldn't explain that to you, and maybe that's where you are today. You're here, and, and maybe you're feeling, well, this is a little different, it's a little bit weird, and look, I get it, I was there with you, uh, but there was something attractional to me, and it was the heart of God that I needed to know. I didn't know at the moment, and, and honestly, I'm a stubborn person. It took me a long time, but I kept coming. It took three years for me to commit my life to Christ, but it was day in and day out, this church, you as a body and you as a people that showed me Jesus, uh, and, and so I just want you to know that that was, that's, I'll always remember that, how much they loved God and they loved people. You know, back then, our, our vision, Tom, when he gave the vision, it was called Reaching the Ridge. Some of you, that's still our vision today, by the way. It's called uh, Reaching the Ridge. Now, 
uh, every, I'll, I'll just tell you as your pastor, I have to explain that to every single person that comes, all right? I have to explain it. And we have our growth track. Our growth track is, uh, is happening today right after our service here. Uh, and our growth track's for you if you're new or maybe you've never been to growth track. This is really to unify, you know, if God's calling you to make this your home church or it's really to unify the heart of what God's called us to do. And if God's planting you in this family, you know, we're gonna do this together. That's what the growth track does. It helps us get all on the same page and, and really show you what God has for each one of us. But um, but we, every time we do growth track, whether it's Pastor Man or myself, we have to explain what reach the ridge means. And so I'm going to help you because maybe you don't know right now. So maybe you're here like, I have no idea what reaching the ridge means. Uh, look, I didn't either. Someone had to explain it to me. There's a ridge that happens if you live in Pittsburgh. And if you, if you didn't grow up in Pittsburgh, you would never know. But if you look at a, top, a topical map, uh, there's a ridge that runs from Carnegie to Beaver. All right, from Carnegie to Beaver. And if you know anything about Pittsburgh, um, uh, on the one side of the ridge is a river called, you know, that runs in between Swickley and us, right? And so some of you, few of you are from Swickley because you usually don't cross the water. I'm just saying for Sunday for church, you stay on that side of the river, right? Or if you live on the other side of the tunnel on Sundays, man, I've been crossing that tunnel all week. I ain't going back over that way, right? So, uh, so for us, we just have learned, we've learned about our community, West Ridge, the western side of Pittsburgh from Carnegie to Beaver on this side of the river, on the west side of Pittsburgh. This is kind of our, our reach, okay? So reaching the ridge. That's what reaching the ridge means. So when I came in 2011, uh, I, we changed it to reaching the west ridge of Pittsburgh, thinking maybe that'll help if we just talk about the west ridge of Pittsburgh. Uh, and then, of course, our heart has always been to reach more than just Pittsburgh. So it's reaching the west ridge of Pittsburgh and beyond. But still, I have to explain it to every single person that comes to west ridge. And I'm like, this vision is too difficult. It's too difficult. Not, not in the heart. To, you know, our heart will always be to reach people, whether on the east, west, north, south, or they're in uh, you know, Cambodia or Kyrgyzstan or wherever they're at. Our heart will always be to reach people for Jesus. Uh, but our vision, you know, Hosea says, make it clear and write it on the wall and make it so we can all repeat it and understand it. So we know the heartbeat, right? The heartbeat of our church. And so, uh, so that's been our vision for 20 plus years. Uh, so we've began a journey the last, over the last year or so saying, you know what? This vision just isn't working. Uh, I mean, it's working. We're reaching people. But, you know, just our heartbeat and does it explain us? And so uh, we went through kind of a, a process of, you know, if, I, if you had to describe, for those of you that have been in Westridge for quite some time, if I was to ask you a question, you know, what is Westridge like? If you could describe the people of Westridge. And, and uh, so we did this with the elders and the staff. And, and like I said, we've been kind of chewing on this for about a year, over a year. Um, but it came back to be pretty much the same. Everybody pretty much says the same thing. This church is so family-oriented. They're so friendly. Uh, they're welcoming. They're loving. Uh, really, what they were saying is these people love Jesus and they love people. That's really what it came down to. If, if I could describe Westridge, that is our heartbeat. That's who we are. And so, uh, church, this is our new vision. We're, we're, we still have a heart for the Western Ridge of Pittsburgh and reaching the ridge and all those things, but we are erasing that, okay? We're gonna, if we could do anything well, we just wanna love God and love people. Uh, and I'm not real creative. I didn't come up with that. There was a great guy that made this statement. I don't know if you know him. His name was Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's much more creative than I am. So that's where we're at. Matthew 22, 37. Let's read it together. 37. It says, uh, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. On these two commandments, listen to this. On these two commandments hang the, all the law and all the prophets. So everything contained in, these, in this book. And listen, this is the living word of God. It is the most powerful, alive. This book will surpass all humanity because it's eternal and it will go on. This is the word of Jesus Christ. But everything you read in here can be wrapped up in one or two verses. How amazing is that? I'm so thankful Jesus made it very simple for us, aren't you? Look, a kid can understand it. Adult can understand it. I can understand it. And basically, love God with every part of you, with your heart, with your soul, with your strength. And uh, we're gonna start a series, Love God, Love People. Actually, it starts today, but it'll go for the next four weeks where we just, you know, maybe you're new to your faith. Maybe you're, you know, like, how do I love God with all my mind, soul, strength? What does that mean? Uh, You know, we're gonna unpack that over the next four weeks. What does that mean? What does it look like? When you say love God, what does that mean? Like, I love pizza. No, 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 no. That's a, that's, you like pizza. You don't love pizza, trust me. You like it. But Jesus is saying, I want you to understand what it is to love me with every part of you. Every part of you, with your thoughts, with your energy, with your passion, with your life, with your family, with your work. Every piece of you. There's, there's nothing absent of everything we do is for the kingdom. It's for our Lord. It's for our Savior. When Jesus said, follow me, he meant it. He didn't say, I want you to take over. Yes, we lead and yes, we make decisions, but you know what? He's the Lord. We look to him for all things. And when he said, follow me, look, that means, Lord, I am watching, I am listening. And also, Lord, if you want me to do something, if you want me to turn here, go there, God, I will, I will obey, I'll listen. And he's not a God of controlling you like a robot. He's a God of love. And so anytime he has something to say, as Jesus said, this life is abundant and it will be a blessing to you. And I'm just telling you as a kid that's sitting in the back, that's now sitting here today leading the church, following Jesus is the most exciting and fun and most abundant life that you could ever have. Don't allow your mind or your flesh or the enemy himself to rob you from what God has for you. And so this is what this series will be all about. We'll unpack it over the next couple of weeks. But, uh, but we're transforming our, our church. And, and I just, I just got to say this, that many of you, most of you here, many of you that are the members of Westridge and, and are part of this church, love God, love people is already in you. It's already who you are. Um, but we want to make sure that every person that walks in this door, that they see Jesus in us and through us, that the Lord, the Lord that we worship and that we follow is displayed in how we worship and how we treat people and how we love people. And so uh, we're going through a process as a church, you know, every, uh, and you know, as far as, you know, the work that it takes, look, we've got to change every sign, every piece of print material, but you know what, that, that stuff's not as important as it is that this vision is in us, that our worship and our faith in God is displayed each and every day. By the way, not just on Sunday, We don't just love Jesus on Sunday. We don't just love Jesus when we're around church people. We love Jesus wherever we go. Whether we're at home, whether we're at work, whether we're in our our families, in our neighborhoods, in a holiday, whatever it is, that Jesus is always, always a piece. It's our life. It's who we are. And let me just tell you something. What I love about the Gospels and what you'll see next week, start next week, is this. Wherever Jesus went... People wanted to be. 
Even if they didn't know and understand who he was, they wanted to be there. He would walk into cities, and you know what would happen? They would say, hey, he's coming, he's coming. Come on, come on, get your neighbor, get your friends. You've got to be there. I believe that's the attraction God is putting on Westridge. I believe that's the favor he's given us. And it's not about us, it's about him. You gotta be here because you're gonna see Jesus and you're gonna see his presence. You know, I gave, uh, I kind of gave a, a little uh, charge, if I could say, to our team today, the worship team and, and, our, and our team. And it was this, I want nothing more today. And, and, and every time we are in the presence of God and anytime we gather on Sundays, but let me just say this, today, the one thing I wanna see is the explosion of his presence. I want each one of us to walk out of here just flabbergasted by the goodness of God and the grace of God and, and who he is. This explosion of his presence that has changed me, has changed this hard-headed kid that walked in here 20 plus years ago, but now has changed forever because we have a good God who's patient with us. So love God, love people. That's our heartbeat. It's nothing new, by the way. Deuteronomy chapter six, God is, listen, he doesn't change, but I just want you to see uh, Jesus is the, you know, obviously he's the Lord and he's who we're following, but I just want you to see Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Look at how much God has spoken this uh, throughout history from day one, really, because when he made Adam, he met with Adam every single day and every single night. Uh, so God has always been active and wanting a relationship with us. But listen to this. Uh, list, Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5 says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Deuteronomy 10, 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Deuteronomy 13, 3. The Lord your God is testing you to see if you truly love him with all your heart and with all your soul. And Jesus himself, who also was <laughs> writing Deuteronomy, says, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Think about this. The second is like it. Why is the second like it? Because if you love God with, every, with your heart, soul, and strength, guess who changes? Guess who changes? You do, and I do. That's why we have to follow Jesus. That's why he has to be Lord, and we have to follow him. He transforms us. He changes us, and we become like him. And guess what? As you love yourself, now you can love others. You know, a lot of times we try to love people without Jesus, and we hurt them. But it's amazing what happens when you allow Jesus to transform you and you receive from him and this relationship you have with him, how much it changes you and now how you can help others. And that's why we say love God, love people. Yes, you are gonna transform and you are gonna change. But the wonderful thing about the gospel is this. Uh, Jesus also said this, freely you receive, right? You're gonna receive from the Lord as you, as you seek him. Jesus says in Jeremiah, seek and you'll find. As you seek him, you'll find him, you'll change. Freely, you're gonna receive from God his love, his goodness, his kindness, his gentleness, everything that he is, you're gonna start receiving it from him. And now you can freely give it away to others. What an amazing, amazing, amazing gospel he's given to us. So that's the vision, church. Love God, love people. That's who we are. That's who Westridge has been through the years. But it, it clearly identifies who you are. It's easy to remember. Write it on your wall, put it on your forehead, make a flavor flave thing, you know, whatever you need to do, but it's all over. But more than that, it's just who we are. It's who we are. When you see me, 
you're going to see a piece of Jesus. When I see you, I'm going to see love and compassion. I'm going to see Jesus in you. And, we see, and we're just going to spread that all over wherever you live. Look, I don't care if you live in the West Ridge, East Ridge, South Ridge, wherever you live, we're going to share Jesus. And so it's going to be a fun journey, church. Uh, so we'll start this series next week. But let me tell you about our purpose. And if you're new with us, this is, uh, this is exciting because you're going to get to hear a little bit of 2020. But uh, I got to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen in 2020, and neither do you, right? That's why we're, uh, I'm finishing today uh, my fasting and prayer. Today's my, I get to eat today, praise God. But it's also been very good because I've been able to receive and hear and, and just get some nudgings of what I think he's going to do. And that's what I want to share with you today. Um, so let me share a little bit about our purpose this year. First, let me just say this, Night to Shine. It's on February 7th, and so you heard that in the announcements. Night to Shine is our, it's a prom that we, sh- that we throw for some very special people. And so they're all going to be here. In fact, we had a great day. Unfortunately, we had some terrible weather yesterday, but we had uh, the dress shop open on, on Friday and Saturday so they could come. If, if they needed a dress, uh, a church uh, about an hour away said, hey, I have a whole bunch of dresses. Just come pick them up. So we picked them up. We have hundreds of dresses, all different colors and sizes. It's beautiful. And so they, they were coming in, and we, said, we, were, we were just rejoicing over them and glad they're here. What, what, you know, what color dress? Pink or purple or whatever you want. And so we have, I'm, I'm telling you, there's like racks and racks of these dresses for these girls that they could pick out and find their own and make it their own. It's just, it's so beautiful. So they're already getting excited. Uh, I talked to one of the uh, honored guests and, and she had, uh, you know, she had registered and she was just so excited to me. I got my dress today. I got my dress today. And so it's just so exciting. So uh, that's going to be February 7th. We're partnering with Tim Tebow Foundation and we're just going to throw them a, the, the best night of their life and honestly probably the best night of our lives. And we're just really excited to see all that God's going to do. And so if you want to sign up to volunteer for that, you can do that at Info Central. But that's, that's one huge thing that God's going to do in 2020. We've never done this before. Uh, so I know we're going to learn a lot. I know we're going to grow a lot, but I look forward to, uh, you know, if this is what God wants us to do each year, or if he wants us to really begin a ministry for them, we're, we're open to what God's doing. So that's one of the big things. One of the purposes that we're going to do is, uh, is serve every person. We're all creating God's image, and it's so important. Um, also, uh, Awaken, if you've heard anything about Awaken, if you're new with us, that's our youth ministry, 6th through 12th grade. And 2020, we are opening our youth center in February, uh, February or March. So it's, it's humongous. It's huge. This has been a miracle in the making for quite some time. And so if you're just jumping on board, look, you're going to be excited to see this. In fact, you saw some pictures of the basketball court that we're doing there. Uh, God has blessed us with a 6,000-square-foot facility to serve specifically and only 6th through 12th grade. It's going to be powerful. I, I'm telling you, I can see hundreds. Our goal is to minister to 300 teenagers a night. 300. 300. The, the, just the aroma of 300 teenagers is awesome. It is powerful. I'm just, it will, look, if you want to see an explosive presence of God, get around 300 teenagers. It's just amazing. It's powerful. Not, but, uh, but we're really excited about Awaken. It's going to be, actually, we are going to do, uh, at the, Probably around the end of February. I say, I say tentatively or probably because we have to get our inspections and the thumbs up from the city and all those things. So, uh, but our hope is, is the last Sunday in February, we want to do an open house with all of you. We're going to invite every one of you over to the Awaken Youth Center, let you feel and touch, shoot some hoops, uh, do some uh, PlayStation gaming if you want or some Xbox. Uh, we, know, we know your kids too at heart. So you, maybe you want to do some of that. Uh, we're going to have lunch over there. We're just going to let you hang out and feel and see all that God's doing over there and get you excited. Look, if you want to partner and be part of Awaken and just jump on, on board of that team and help volunteer each week, uh, you could do that. So at the end of the month, we're going to have an open 
open house, and we're inviting you all over there, okay? And then that next Wednesday uh, at Awaken, we're going to have a, uh, and we've been, we've been prepping the teenagers for this, so, so get this. Awaken, uh, the vision of Awaken is it's their ministry. It's their ministry. It's their peers. It's their friends. I can't go to their school, and you can't either. It's their ministry, and so we are training them and developing them as leaders. So they are going to do every ministry possible at Awaken. So if it's running the cafe, if it's being the greeter, if it's running tech, if it's leading worship. Uh, so the goal is, is that the teenagers are running Awaken. They're reaching their friends. They're reaching their peers. This is their ministry. Of course, we're going to have the staff and myself and, and a lot of other people to help disciple them and equip them and empower them to be a leader. Or if they mess up, hey, it's okay, buddy. Let's get back up. But here's the expectation. Let's get back on it, okay? Uh, but let's get back up. Good job, buddy. And we're going to high-five them and appreciate them because they are going to do a dynamite job. And so uh, on Wednesday, the last Wednesday of February, our hope is, uh, again, if we can get all of our inspections and get the thumbs up, our last Wednesday in February, uh, we're going to have a family night where we're going to let the kids invite their parents, their brothers, their sisters, their friends. We're just going to fill it with people they know, and we're going to let them for the first time lead the ministries. And so that way, if they're making a latte and they put orange juice on accident, they can be like, mm, that's, that's good, Joey. Good job, brother, right? And so they can give them some grace, but just give them a first. Give them, give them a, an opportunity to mess up and learn. We got to learn how the facility works and the corks and work out all the bugs. So uh, we're just going to have a family day and just have fun and let them really engage for the first time in serving and ministering and leadership. So it's going to be a great day. So awaken, trust me, I believe in 2020, we are going to see, I don't know uh, when that building will be teenagers, but it could be in 2020. It could be down the road. But regardless, God is going to use these young people to change our schools, our communities, our families. It's going to be tremendous what God's going to do. And it's all going to start this year uh, and just a few weeks from now. Um, also, um, this year, uh, XO, you saw about our marriage conference. We're going to have XO again this year. It's going to be in April. Um, so if you investing in your marriage. Look, don't wait till your marriage is broken, but if it's broken, look, get to XO, uh, but also just keep investing in your marriage. Uh, let's make sure that we're husbands and wives that are investing. We're always open. We're always learning. So EXO is a phenomenal place. Jimmy Evans is, uh, I've had the benefit of uh, being under his ministry and really just being, uh, he's been a, uh, I was in Dallas. I used to work at a church in Dallas and he was part of our ministry there. He has just been a tremendous blessing to Jen and I. And uh, so I uh, just invite you, I'm telling you, every time you go, you're gonna learn something new. You're gonna eat, you're gonna feed. So EXO is coming in April. So get ready for EXO. Uh, we believe in marriage and family at Westridge, we're, we're kicking off marriage and family this year with a, with a whole new vision. And so uh, if you need marriage help or if you, need, uh, if you just, just want to keep sharpening your marriage, uh, we're going to be there for you in 2020 as well. Uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is uh, we've, we began doing uh, missional work, getting you out of, uh, I believe, and, and I, this is my challenge. When I was a youth pastor, I did this, and I, I'm going to do this with you as a church. I believe every person needs to get out on the missions field at least once in their lifetime. And I, what I mean is, out of the United States of America. I believe every person should at least get out and serve God in other countries. It's amazing what God is doing all over the world. And we have, to, we have to go and see. We have to go to the nations, go and make disciples. It's so important. So in 2020, you ready? We're going to, you hear it? There we go, good. Kyrgyzstan. You know where Kyrgyzstan is? I didn't either. But it's right, it's all right underneath, Roger. There's a whole bunch of stands, Kyrgyzstan, uh, Kazakhstan. There's a whole bunch of stands there, all right? Kyrgyzstan. We have a good friend named Doug Tunney. He used to lead YWAM here in Pittsburgh, and he has moved his whole family 
Listen to this faith. He moved his whole family to Kyrgyzstan. Let me tell you why. Because they were literally a couple, couple relationships or a couple people away from having no Christians in Kyrgyzstan. And so he moved there to really save YWAM. And, and really, he said there's probably uh, less than 2% Christians in Kyrgyzstan. And it was decreasing quickly because uh, there's so much uh, uh, Muslim and different things happening that it's taking over Kyrgyzstan. So he moved his whole family there to take a stand and say, look, we need Jesus in Kyrgyzstan. And so he's there right now. If, actually, he has, similar to what we're doing with Awaken, he has this like little school and youth, youth center that he's built there. And I'm telling you, he has 300, uh, he said like 350 Muslims knocking on the door trying to get in. Because he'll, he'll do his school and then they open up the, like the, the basketball and the gym and the sports and they open it up for all the kids to come play. And so at 12 o'clock, they're knocking. He's like, we don't open till two. They're like, that's okay, we'll wait. And so... We're going to go and help, and we're going to go and be part. And look, if you have a heart to reach people for Jesus, whether they're Muslim or whether they're Buddhist or Hindu, it doesn't matter. Everybody needs Jesus. And so we're going to go to Kyrgyzstan and team and partner with Doug and his ministry there. So uh, maybe that's for you. Start praying about it is what I'm saying. Uh, we'll get you more information. The awesome thing about Kyrgyzstan is, is they don't need visas or anything like that. You can go in uh, and just be, and it's, it's one of the cheapest places to fly. So we're planning to go in the fall. So you've got a lot of time to pray and prepare and uh, Get, you know, if you want to go, uh, start saving up to go, but it's going to be awesome, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, also in 2020, let me close with this, is um, I want to challenge you as a church. Now, in 2019, we focused on really uh, community, making sure that we as a church were getting stronger, that we were together, that we were all on the same page, that our faith, wherever we were in 2019, this is the, the cool thing that I saw in our church over the last year. Now, last year, I was standing on the stage giving you Vision Day, uh, at the same time. And let me just say this. I am sorry, but every time I give Vision Day, there's going to be an ice storm or a snowstorm. It just, every year it happens, all right? And so I know the enemy doesn't want us to have Vision Day. Uh, I know he doesn't control the weather and things, but, but he does want us to not get together and do Vision Day because God's got a big plan for us as a church, and he would like to thwart that if he can. But every Vision Day, I'm telling you, today, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll just close at 9 a.m., give him time to get the roads, but praise God that he uh, he moved the wind and did all he did to dry the roads before it froze and all that good stuff. He's, he's a good God. And so, uh, but last year, huge snowstorm, and not many people made it out because it was, it was pretty rough. And then two years ago, I had to cancel church on Vision Day uh, because it was an ice storm, and we had to cancel it and move it to the next week. So uh, next year, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm expecting Jesus returning next year, I guess. Uh, we, have, we have a small window to give the gospel, so we might as well put some urgency on that puppy, all right? And so whenever Jesus comes, this, this gospel preaching uh, time that we have is, is, is going to be over. So uh, this is going to be uh, a great time. But anyway, just, just as a funny note uh, to Vision Day, um, a challenge for this year. Uh, because we really focused on making sure that we were stronger as a church. It wasn't that we weren't focusing on growth, but we were focusing on spiritual growth, making sure that we were growing. So the elders and I, we always, uh, one of the things that we look at is where are we as a spiritual age, right? We all have a physical age, but where are we as a spiritual age? And uh, last year, I, you know, we felt like we were uh, maybe a, a teenager, 16 or 17-year-old teenager. And if you have teenagers, you, you know what that's like, right? We, we know everything when we're 16 or 17. Everything we know we are, there's Jesus, and then I'm right there, and everybody else, including my parents, they don't know a thing, right? They don't know a lick. So that's kind of where we were spiritually. Uh, and then we grew last year. I, I would say we're almost out of our teen years right now, if I could say where we are as a spiritual age. We saw growth. We saw each of us taking steps of faith towards God. We all grew. And so this year, I'm believing, and here's what I'm believing, church, and here's a challenge. I'm believing we could reach up to 400 people. Right now, we're at 312 people per week on average. 
But I'm believing we grow to 400 people. And the way we're gonna do that is simply this, by loving God and loving people. But we all do it together, right? I don't care if we're here on Sunday, we're out at work, we're out in our neighborhoods. Look, let's just show people Jesus. Let's be there. And I'm believing this. Uh, here's something that God gave me uh, earlier is you're gonna be in a conversation this year. Somebody's gonna go through something and it may be very difficult. It may be terrible, okay? It may not be what God desires for them at all, but you're gonna be the one that God places in their life for that moment. And I can't tell you how the conversation's gonna go, but here's what I can tell you. I don't want you to shy away. I don't want you to get fearful and shy away and not say anything. Uh, anybody else do that? Look, I'm, my hand's way up there. I've done that before, right? I don't, want God, I don't want your head or your flesh or the enemy. I don't want anything to rob, rob you of what God has for you. I want to make sure that, we're, that we do love God. And you know what? Loving God sometimes says that you have to take a step of faith. There's gonna be a conversation that you need to have. You know what, maybe it just starts with, man, I'm so sorry, and you just have to give them a hug. But you're letting them know, I'm, I'm there for you, my friend, I'm gonna be there. Maybe they are gonna make a terrible mistake. Maybe they're the one that's gonna sin and hurt somebody. Look, you stand there and say, hey, look, that wasn't right, but listen, I wanna pray for you. Let's walk through this together. Show them grace, show them mercy. I don't know what it's going to look like. I can't shape your conversation. But what I'm telling you is you're going to be that person in that mix. I don't know who. It may be a family member. It may be a coworker. It may be your neighbor. It may be one of your best friends. It may be your spouse. Look, I don't know. But I do know this. You're going to be the one that God is saying, look, I need you to be my life. I need you to be the salt. I need you to be the one that shows them forgiveness. I need you to be there to show them hope. I need you to be there because they're giving up. And I need you to be there to show them that I'm listening and I'm there for them. So my challenge, church, of reaching 400 people isn't just so we can have people in the seats. My challenge is because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. And a healthy tree bears good fruit. And that's you and that's me. God is doing a work in us. He has grown us. Let's not shy away. Let's not let tension or a workplace or even a policy or a, uh, whatever it may be stand in the way of the awesome and wonderful God that we worship. He wants to use you this year. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. Look, it's going to take all of us together, loving God and loving people. And I believe, I believe that we're going to see God do amazing things. So the challenge is let's, let's see God transform people in our lives. Look, we know they're going to start coming to church. The challenge is that we'll grow to 400 people. Listen to this. When we grow to 500 people, we're going to a third service. And I know, I know, I've, I've had conversations with too many of you. It says, John, when are we going to have a Saturday service? Now you know. When you get to 500 people, buck up, buttercup, let's go. reach them all for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Virginia Hills is going to grow this year. We're serving 30 plus families a week. The owner there, here's, here's an amazing miracle. Well, I can keep going and it's almost noon, but the owner there changed last year. So the owner that we were there before has been an amazing blessing to us, loves us. There's a value both to them and to us. 
of us being there. They love us as a church being there for their community. It's just been a beautiful relationship. Well, they sold the property, and now they have new owners in Virginia Hills. There's 300-plus families over there. And then there's Redwood Estates, which is another community that has another 200-plus communities. And so this new owner bought both of them. And, you know, honestly, my flesh and my fear was they're going to kick us out. We just invested in Rich Pantry. We just launched, launched this amazing thing. They're going to kick us out. I mean, uh, it's, it's so miraculous. Listen to this. Uh, we can go in there whenever we like. Anytime we want to do something, we're like, yes. And whatever you're doing, because we basically do all their, we work with them and partner with them to do all their community events. Uh, so their community budget is invested in things that we do. Whatever events we do, they, they put their community budget towards what we're doing. And by the way, we're leading the vision of that. It's not like it's Virginia Hills vision. It's the church's vision. I mean, who in the world would have thought an owner would say, yes, yes, lead our community days and we'll give you money for it. Hey, now listen to this. And we advertise over there every single week. We have signs over there. Come worship with us. We have signs over there. Rich Pantry's open. We have signs over there. Hey, there's a production called The Radio Show. Come. Everything we do, we're allowed to market over there. So I thought, I thought, generally, I personally thought they're going to make us take all that out. But go drive over there. You'll see Westridge. Come worship, come worship with us. How amazing that God has opened up and given us favor. And by the way, they're saying, hey, can you do this at Redwood? Not yet, but we, we're open to it. We'll help you. We'll get there. So they want us to go into Redwood and do it over there. So God has given us favor. He's given us favor. He's given us favor, right? When you're faithful with the little, he'll give you more. And so we've been faithful with Virginia Hills. We're going to keep going. We have Jesus' heart. I want to see every man. That's human beings, by the way, not male. Every man, every woman, every child, every person saved. I believe Virginia Hills and Redwood. I'm praying and believing that every household will receive Jesus and be saved. Amen. That's our goal. That's our community. That's our extended family over there. So be praying. That's going to be a huge part of 2020. Uh, we're serving 30 families now. Who knows what God will do. But uh, it's, it's been an amazing blessing. So thank you, team, and Jolene, and Eric for leading that. It's been just beautiful. Why don't you stand to your feet now? I want you to worship, worship, worship. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Before you came in today, you worship, you maybe worshiped a little differently, but hey, listen, here's the challenge. I want you to worship God with everything you got. I remember being that kid in the back one. I'm not raising my hand. I'll play the chair, but I'm not raising my hands. Look, it's okay.